Well, let's, let's stand as we read from our text in Romans chapter 13. <clears throat> Romans 13. And again, we'll be reading through the first seven verses, Romans 13, beginning of verse number one. Let every soul be subject unto the higher powers, for there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. Whosoever therefore resisteth the power, resisteth the ordinance of God, and they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation or judgment. Um, you know, you're, you, you're going to do the time if you commit the crime, right? Um, for rulers are not a terror to good works, but to, to the evil. Wilt thou then not be afraid of the power, or the powers that be? Do that which is good, and thou shalt have praise of the same. Um, what does that look like? Well, you guys haven't started driving yet, have you? No, okay. I look at you, you're so tall, I'm thinking, you know, they're Lydia's age, not Hannah's age. Um, but, you know, if, 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 if Nini's driving down the road and there's, you know, a state trooper on the side of the road and he's trying to catch somebody speeding and she goes on by and he doesn't turn his lights on because she's doing the speed limit, she's receiving praise, right? Can you see that? Can you see that she's receiving praise because she's not being pulled over? There's not judgment that's coming because she was speeding. Um, so just to kind of give you something to hang your hat on, you know, there with that, that uh, phrase that we, we encounter there. So do that which is good, thou shalt receive praise of the same. For he is the minister or servant of God to thee for good. But if thou do that which is evil, be afraid, for he beareth not the sword in vain. Or in this case, it would be his little flip open tablet and his ballpoint pen, and he's going to write you a ticket, right? Um, a revenger. He's the minister of God. A revenger to execute wrath upon him that doeth evil. Wherefore, you must needs be subject not only for wrath or what would happen in receiving the ticket, but also for conscience sake. Now, for the unbeliever, for the unconverted, what, what's, what's their concern? Wrath. Their concern is the wrath. I might not do something because I'm afraid I can get caught, or I might take something all the way to the point just before I'm going to get caught, but that's my fear. My fear is that I would get caught and I would suffer the consequences, whatever they might be. The second part isn't something necessarily that is of great concern, although unconverted people have consciences, of course. Um, but for us, it's, it's, it's even more so. Um, our concern is that we would, as we were saying this morning already, that we would glorify God. So it's not only for wrath, but also for conscience sake. Remember, Paul said, I've lived in all good conscience. That did not mean that he had never done anything wrong. But what that did mean is that if he did something wrong, if I said something to you, did something to you that you were offended by, hurt by, and I found out about it, I knew about it, I might not find out about it. Why? Because love covers a multitude of sins, right? So I might have done something to you, and you just kind of said, okay, I'm just going to let that go. I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to, you know, I'm going to think the best in that situation. They really didn't mean it that way. They meant it another way. But if I knew that I had offended you, you know, well, I, my conscience, I want to get that right between me and you and between uh, me and God. You know, I don't want there to be anything in between. I want to 
repent of that sin, confess that sin. He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. And, you know, so I want to make that thing right. And so Paul's saying, I've lived in all good conscience. You know, doesn't mean that he didn't ever do anything wrong. Um, he was like us. Um, you know, he had his own temptations. He had his own faults. He had, you know, things that he had to uh, deal with. So, um, you know, you're talking about, you know, seeing Christ there, you know, in that place. Um, you know, the, the Father hears him pray. He cannot turn his son away. You, you think about that, you know, that was probably a great difficulty in some, at some points maybe for Paul. I mean, he makes a comment about that, being the chief of sinners, right? Because he had persecuted the church. He had to carry that with him, you know, his entire life. Um, there's forgiveness, you know, even, even there uh, for those who repent. So, um, so be subject not only for wrath, but also conscience sake for this cause, or for, for this cause. Pay you tribute also, for they are God's ministers. Again, that word, their servants, attending continually upon this very thing. Render, therefore, to all their dues, tribute to whom tribute is due, custom to whom custom, fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. So I read that last part a little bit faster, I guess I saw. You know, Steve's like, he's going to keep making comments and not just reading the text. I'm going to sit down. You know, I'm getting tired. <laughs> I was taking too long. Um, but, but, um, we want to examine this a little bit more, you know, this morning and think about it in terms of what this, these things look like, you know, in our lives, if we can. So let's, um, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Uh, ask the Lord to be with us, help us, give us understanding. Um, Father, we do thank you as we bow before you for your grace and mercy towards us in all things. Um, Father, we do ask this morning as we, as we come before your throne of grace that you would grant that grace unto us that we might uh, find the help that we have in this our time of need right now to to hear from you uh, to understand what you are saying unto us and to help us to father actually apply uh, these things unto our lives and to walk in the light of the knowledge of the truth that you give unto us in a way that would honor you and glorify you uh, father so we just ask that you would grant this in the name of our lord and savior jesus christ in his name we pray amen you may be seated so we have seen that the state has a God-given function to restrain evil, to restrain evil and keep the peace. We've, we've repeated that, I think, enough times that, that we ought to understand that. I mean, it's a basic function of the higher powers that are spoken of here. You know, if you're reading it from the King James, you've got the higher powers is the phrase, you know, that's used there. What are higher powers? We kind of talked about that already. Uh, some weren't here, so I'm just kind of mentioning it. So higher powers would be anybody in authority, you know, over us, whether it be our parents, you know, it be, you know, the principal at school, it be the person that we work for who is our employer, it, it be the the uh, city council, the school board, the mayor, the all the way up to the president of the United States. So these are higher powers. They have a position of authority over us. You go into a courtroom, the judge, you know, passes, uh, renders a verdict, there's a power over you there. Um, if, you, if you were to refuse, um, there's a bailiff who will be glad to take you into custody for uh, resisting, you know, whatever you were resisting, and, you know, they'll put you into, you know, a cell until, you know, you comply. Um, but we understand and we think about that uh, in terms of higher powers and what are they given for? What are these given for? They're given to, again, restrain evil and to keep the peace. And that's a good thing that God's given unto us. 
Um, you know, if you read if you read some of the statistics, I, I think it was actually the Quakers that you know we didn't we didn't have prisons uh, up until around the 1700s, I think, and the Quakers were the ones that kind of brought that in. Um, but but you know we're trying to reform. You know, before that, you look in Israel, there weren't prisons per se. The Romans had prisons, of course, but but you know in in Israel there was restitution or death. Is really what it amounted to. Um, you know, if you took something, you know, you'd pay that back, you know, maybe sevenfold um, if you stole something. But if you committed another crime, it would be something you might have been stoned for uh, and put to death. So, you know, that's, that's another function, you know, of the state. It doesn't bear the sword in vain, right? So it will execute justice. If somebody takes someone's life, then the state has the authority, you know, to put that person, you know, to death. Um, so, again, another uh, function. So Paul says specifically in 1 Timothy 2.22, when we've read this a couple of times already, um, this is that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. So we know that we are to be subject to these higher powers. They are for our good. Just kind of reviewing some of the things that we've been talking about. The state being a necessary function because man has fallen into sin. Uh, man is sinful, therefore we need authority over man in order to keep man in check. Um, but what if the state should fail in its duties? Because what we're kind of looking at this morning is the aspect of what we see mentioned unto us in verse number two about resisting. So here we have they that resist the power, resist the ordinance of God. Well, we've, we've looked at it from that aspect somewhat about if you're going to resist. I mean, some people have that as a, as a default. I mean, they're just going to resist all authority. Well, if you're going to resist all authority, you're going to have a hard time in this life. Uh, there's authority all around you that God has put in place. And if you're going to rebel against authority, then you're going to have a difficult time, you know, all of your life. Um, because God has this in place for our good. Uh, and if he has that in place to restrain evil and you're doing evil, then you're going to be, uh, you know, restrained in that, in that way. But the state's, in this, again, is a necessary function because of the fall of man into sin. Um, but again, we ask the question, what if the state should fail in its duties? And I'm not going to answer that right now. We're going to go through some of that. Um, should we resist? Should we resist the state? Is it, are, are there instances where we are allowed to resist uh, the state. Um, I'll go ahead and just say I, I would advocate yes, uh, but in the right way. There would be a qualifier you know, to that. Um, we submit to the lawful. We resist the usurpation. What does that word usurpation mean? It means someone stepping into a role or taking some authority that doesn't really belong to them. They're, they're usurping that. Um, they are... Um, um, again, I guess that's really the best way I could describe it is they're taking a place that doesn't belong to them, um, which God has not granted, you know, to them. We could say, and and that would be, you know, the the area where we would have a right to to resist. Um, as far as these higher powers are concerned, we absolutely need to pray for these higher powers. If First Timothy two twenty two you know, is going to be something that we're going to, that we already read, you know, so that we may lead a peaceable 
We pray for them that we may lead a peaceable and quiet life in all godliness and honesty. Um, that is something that we need to make sure that we, we are doing. You know, so are you praying for those in authority over you? As a, as a child in a household, are you praying for your parents? Um, you know, their, their, their authority you know, over you. Um, are you praying for your employer? You know, they're an authority over you. Are you praying for the president of the United States? They're an authority over you. Um, are you praying for the, the mayor, you know, of, um, you know, Trinity or the mayor of, of Huntsville? Are you praying for these authorities over you? Um, so we need to make sure that we're praying for these authorities. You know, it, it, what does that look like in Scripture? If we, can, if we can see an instance of that in Scripture, we see it in Jeremiah chapter 29. So you have Nebuchadnezzar, you have Babylon, and you have Israel being taken into captivity. Okay? And in Jeremiah 29, 7, it says, Seek the peace of the city, whither I have caused you. Listen what it says there. Seek the peace of the city. Jeremiah 29, 7. Seek the peace of the city, whereby I have caused you. Who's caused? God speaking. He says, whereby I have caused you to be carried away captives. So, what, again, here's the landscape for praying for those who are in authority over you. The landscape here looks like a foreign power coming and taking over uh, or taking you away, in this instance, to where you know, their, their uh, city or country you know, is. Um, so seek the peace. How am I going to seek the peace of the city? Well, it says how we're to seek the peace of the city. It says, and pray unto the Lord for it. Seek the peace of the city and pray unto the Lord for it. For in the peace thereof, ye shall have peace, or shall ye have peace. So again, those are the words that were given unto Israel, who was taken captive by Nebuchadnezzar into Babylon. So they found themselves under a form of government that they really would not, again, like we are talking about this morning already, have chosen for themselves. I would not have chosen that form of government over me. Here I am in Israel. Here I am in the place where you know, we, we have this form of government, but I've been, I've been taken captive and taken to another you know, form of government. Uh, missionaries find themselves under other forms you know, of government um, in different places in the world. So <clears throat> here's the form of government that they found themselves under, and at that time, what are they told to do? They're told to pray for that place. And, and, and if we're praying for that place, then, then we can kind of understand, you know, here in Romans 13, they're submitting, you know, to that authority that is over them. But they're called to pray for their captors. I mean, these people have killed people I know. I'm sure, right? I mean, if there was a war, there were captives taken, there's probably been people that have been, been killed or slaughtered maybe even uh, as a result. But to pray for their captors whom the Lord has caused them to be taken captive uh, by. You know, that's, that's God's hand there, isn't it? He says, for that city whither I have caused you, whither I have caused you. So if we apply that to ourselves, I mean, we haven't been taken captive uh, by any foreign power, but where, where, where are you a citizen of? Are you a citizen? Mm-hmm. We're citizens of heaven, aren't we? I mean, we're here. I have a new, I have a new favorite phrase. It's added to some other favorite phrases. Um, 
and it is ready to go, willing to stay. Did I mention that to you last week? Ready to go, willing to stay. I like that. It's not, it's not original with me, but I, I read it um, in, in an article that came in an email, um, and I don't even know that he was thinking of it in, in these terms, but, but I am ready to go. Are you ready to go? Are you ready? I mean, you see the old westerns, and the guy says, you know, are you ready to meet your maker? Um, you know, are you ready to go? Um, well, a lot of people could say they're ready to go. I mean, there are people that just have this concept of heaven. They think it's going to be, you know, somewhat of what things are like here, uh, but but more of what they have enjoyed here, you know, and more of what they sinfully pursue. Uh, they would be able to continue to do that. Um, and so they have a false concept of heaven, and they may think they're ready to go. Uh, but, you know, for us uh, that are in Christ, we're ready to go. Our souls are prepared. Is your soul prepared? Is you, are you ready to meet God at his judgment seat? Are you ready to go? I'm ready to go from that standpoint. But I'm also ready to go from the other standpoint that I'm, uh, it's a far better place. Um, I mean, what makes it better? What, what, what makes this place better that I'd be ready to go there? Uh, I'm usually ready to go on vacation. Why? Why am I ready to go on vacation? Well, I get to take a break from work. Um, I, I, I get to spend some, some free time um, without a lot of obligations that I have otherwise. And I get to spend time with my, there's a lot of reasons, spend time with my family and, and, and things like that, maybe a de- destination that we've been wanting to go to. I'm ready to go, you know, from that standpoint. Well, you know, for us as Christians, what makes, you know, heaven a place to be ready to go to? You know, I've told you before, one of my favorite descriptives of heaven is that it's a place where righteousness dwells. It's just righteousness. There's no sin. I'm in a glorified body. I can praise God perfectly. I can enjoy his presence perfectly. There's no sin to trouble me. Uh, I'm, I'm in a place of perfect peace, perfect contentment. And, and, and there's not anything to spoil that. There's not anything to ruin that. There's not anything that's going to ruin that. You know, the, the Garden of Eden, there was something that ruined that. You know, with heaven, there's not going to be anything to ruin that. Uh, there's not going to be any sin there. Nothing can ruin that. And, and I'll have the capacity... I don't have the capacity right now to stand in God's presence. But I'll have the capacity then to be in his presence. Uh, the, I, don't have, I don't have a perfect capacity for understanding everything there is to know uh, about the things that I, that I, that I would know. Um, you know, Paul was saying that I may know him. And, well, Paul, didn't you know him? Well, yeah, Paul knew him. But he wanted to know him more. And we know that the scripture says that we'll know him, we'll know even as we are known. You know, so all of those things, you know, those are reasons why I'm ready to go. Um, it's far better, you know, and you, you kind of get, you kind of get thoughts of Paul, don't you? Talking about, you know, it'd be far better for him to go and be with the Lord, but for them be better for him, you know, to stay, you know, ready to go. But. You know, for all those reasons that we're ready to go. I'm ready that, in that I'm prepared. You know, I'm in Christ. I, I can, I, I'll be able to stand in God's presence. Um, but I'm also ready because of what heaven is. Uh, but willing to stay. Willing to stay because God's 
allowed me, you know, Simeon wasn't going to see death until he saw the Lord's Christ. We looked at that this morning. You know, for us, there's still, there's a work left for us to do. Um, and and I've, I've, I've talked to older people before, you know, that, that much older, you know, and, and, and Brother Woodruff was in his 80s and he was, he was, he was, you know, I say older, older than me, you know. I know that's not very far for some of the rest of you, but, you know, for me, I mean, he's 30 years older, 30 years plus older than me. And I don't know why the Lord continues to leave me here. Well, you can be sure, brother, there's a purpose. There's, there's work left for you to do, or you would not still be here. Um, so continue to do, you know, whatever that work is. Um, you know, I think I mentioned this not too long ago, didn't I, or maybe last Sunday, but, you know, Cheryl was like, I, I, I intentionally, I told Andrew about this, I intentionally waited to text her about her retirement to her last day at work. I wanted, I, like, that's going to be maximum impact, you know. And so it here, it is. You've been talking about it. It's your last day. You retire. Um, you know, congratulations sort of thing. You know, it's, I mean, tell me how many years again? 37 years. That's a long time. Um, and so, you know, here she was retiring from that. It's a new, you know, new phase. And that's what she kind of came back, you know, with, you know, now what? Well, now, you know, and it's, this is going to be true for any of us, Right. I mean, here it kind of puts it in the context because she's retired from one thing, and, and, and now what am I going to do? You know, what, what, is there, what is there now? Like, well, you know, we pray, and we ask the Lord to, you know, lead us in whatever direction our lives may take at that point. She's already refused one position we offered her. We offered her a position of taking over schooling. Anna and Lydia, she said no. Uh, <laughs> she refused that position, but... You know, my, one thing I said to her back was, you know, and this, and I was thinking this when she's, and, and, you know, it made an impact upon me, you know, when she asked that question, um, you know, what now? Well, I want these latter years, whatever it looks like, I want these latter years to be better than the ones that have gone by before, than the 37 before. And what do I mean by that? I don't mean, oh, and this is the world's way of thinking, right? I've retired. I've reached those golden years you know i've got you know this all set up and now I, I don't have to get up and go to work every morning she told us the other day she maybe yesterday she feels like she's been on a two-week vacation you know and any day she's got to go back to work you know but but if that's over you know unless the lord you know does something else but that's the second time she retired from there but you know what do i mean by that well i want those i want i want my latter years to be better than my former years in this sense that i might glorify god more now, today, tomorrow, the rest of the years I've left than I have in the years that have gone before. You know, if, if that means that that looks like me being retired or if that means that looks like I've got, you know, I can remember at the insurance office at one point, you know, mom and I had both been there, you know, close to the same amount of time. And I can remember thinking, here I am in my 50s and here you are in your 70s. Am I really going to be here 20 more years? That would be a long time <laughs> in this place, you know. And, of course, the Lord changed that. I'm working somewhere else. But, you know, whatever it may look like, retired or still in the workforce, I want my latter years to be greater than the former. I want to reach the end. If that means that I'm still 
you know, I've got my mind still and I'm able to walk around and take care of everything that needs to be taken care of. You know, I can dress myself, you know, bathe myself. Don't have anybody helping me do those things. You know, everything's looking pretty good as far as that, you know, goes. Or I'm in, you know, a hospital bed and I can't get up and walk anymore. I want to draw my last breath and say, no regrets. I want to say, I've lived my life in all good conscience. You know, I want to be able to say some of those things. We could say other things, couldn't we? But I want to be able to say some of those things. Um, you know, looking at Nebuchadnezzar, looking at Babylon, looking at Israel being taken captive, looking at things that have happened in history uh, to all sorts of countries. The, I read this statement. I didn't write down who said it, so I can't tell you the quote, who the quotation's from. But it's, he said this. He said, the man who does not see God's hand... Um, of course, he was speaking about his nation. I don't even know what nation that is. It may have been our nation. But the man who does not see God's hand in our nation's past history has read its records to very small purpose. Upon every shining page rests the finger of God. Then, as now, we must realize that though we may not understand, he still has his hand upon it all. Um, I think that kind of puts government in, in the thoughts that we're having right now about you know, they that resist, and we know the resistance that we're talking about there in Romans, you know, 13 is a wrong sort of resistance that we don't resist the powers that be in a wrong way um, that we disregard and say, you know what, I'm a citizen of heaven. I can drive as fast as I want to. No, <laughs> doesn't work that way. Um, you know, I, I, I can do, you know, whatever I want to do. I don't have to abide by the laws of man. You know, I can live according to my own law. Well, guess what? God's law says, you know, God's command here to us is to subject ourselves, submit ourselves to these higher powers because he's given government. It's not something that man's come up with. It's something that God has ordained. The very word, very word ordained is here in our text. God has ordained these things for our good. You know, there was order. We talked about this last week. There was order in heaven. There was a government of sorts in heaven. God sat upon his thrones. Angels were subject unto those who, those who disregarded, those who resisted the power. They suffered the wrath, didn't they? There were angels that fell. There were angels that were cast out. Uh, so there was resistance there to that form of government that existed, and those angels suffered the consequences. And more so than that, you think about, as far as we can see in Scripture, we don't see any redemption for those angels. But for fallen man, for sinful man, we do see you know, redemption. So um, God's hand upon it all. God's given government for a reason. God's given government for a purpose. God's given government for our good. God's given the state to restrain evil that we might live, you know, peaceably. So that is a comfort. I mean, it would, it would be a comfort, you know, here for those that were taken captive into Babylon even. Um, they've been taken captive by foreign power. Um, but God's still God. And here I am under this foreign power, under this foreign rule, under this foreign authority, um, and that, that, that authority, wherever it may be, here or there, foreign you know, or not, um, you know, that, that authority is authority that God's given. That authority looks different, doesn't it, in different places. And this is what I was going to say earlier. I didn't finish the statement, I don't think. But 
But um, statistically, I, I think in some of those places, you know, where let's just say communist countries, um, the 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 uh, the crime rate is lower. You know, all the freedoms that we have here and the liberties we have here, the crime rates, you know, higher. Um, you know, so there's different forms of government in different places, and we talked about you know different things as far as um, you know democracy and monarchies and that that sort of thing, but. But God's given, God hasn't specified, has he, a certain type of government. God didn't say just democracy, just a monarchy. You know, he hasn't said those things. But he's given government to be that wherever, you know, it may be. Um, And it is the government that we are to live under until what? Until that government usurps God's authority and decides it's going to legislate something that God's told us not to do or that God's told us, you know, that we are to do. Um, so we pray for those higher powers, right? Um, we can even proclaim to those higher powers. We, we mentioned this not long ago, I believe, where Daniel, you know, is brought before Nebuchadnezzar and has to give, um, you know, an interpretation of the dream that Nebuchadnezzar has. And before he gives that interpretation, he says in Daniel 4.27, Wherefore, O king, let my counsel be acceptable unto thee. Well, the counsel that we have for kings, the counsel that we have for presidents, the counsel that we have for anyone may not always be acceptable. Um, but here's our prayer, is that it would be acceptable you know, unto them. And so here Daniel's saying, let my counsel be acceptable unto thee. What's that counsel? Here he's speaking to a king who in the king's mind would say what Pilate said. To Jesus. What did Pilate say to Jesus? Don't you know I have the power to either crucify you or release you? Nebuchadnezzar's thinking, I have the power to put you to death, you know, or not put you to death. But does he really possess that power? Uh, he has a power, but does he really possess that power? Uh, what, what did the Lord reply? You know, you would have no power against me at all, you know, except it's given from heaven. So um, here's what Daniel says Break off thy sins. Nebuchadnezzar, quit sinning. You're sinning against God. Repent of your sins is what he's saying. Um, Break off thy sins by righteousness and thine iniquities by showing mercy to the poor if it may be a lengthening of thy tranquility. So we pray for them, we proclaim to them. This is wrong. And and we have means in our country, don't we, to redress some of these things. You know, we we can present some of these things to you know, those that are in positions of authority over us, uh, whether it be our bosses, you know, uh, we can respectfully, and Daniel did that, didn't he? You remember whenever they were taken captive, they were told, this is going to be your diet. Well, it wasn't the diet that was according to their dietary laws. And so respectfully, Daniel submits, can we? I appreciate what you're, what you're offering unto us here, but This is against the dietary laws of the God that we serve. Can we do this? Um, So respectfully, they submitted, you know, this unto, and and they were allowed. Um, And and the man was worried, wasn't he? The, The one who was in charge of that, telling Daniel, this is what you and your friends are going to eat. Uh, he was worried whenever he gave permission to Daniel. He was like, you know, if you show up in front of the king and you're all withdrawn and, and you look like, you know, you haven't eaten in weeks, it's going to be my head, you know. 
And Daniel says, rest assured, you know, just give us this amount of time. And if you don't see what you want to see, then, then we'll do something different. Um, and God honored that, didn't he? So that kind of goes back to those requirements, right? We were talking about earlier this morning where, you know, the state says you've got to pay these taxes. Well, God's established the state, and they've established the state that he's going to provide for us to be able to pay, you know, that, that we have, you know, need to pay. Um, so he's able to do that, isn't he? Um, that's, that's, that's nothing difficult uh, for God. So we pray for him, we proclaim to him. Uh, for what purpose that we may live a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and uh, honesty? You know, there are some of those higher powers that come before the Lord in Luke chapter 33. You know, the publicans were one group. So what's a publican? Anybody? What was a publican? Tax collector, yeah. Not a very popular person, you know, in town, right? Uh, tax collector. But here the publicans come before the Lord and, and they're presenting themselves to be baptized. So there must have been some repentance, you know, here and some conversion. There's a work here being done. And they say unto him, Master, what shall we do? And the response the Lord gives, I think, is, 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 is something that we could probably write over all governmental authorities, you know, that exist. But the, the Lord says, exact no more than that which is appointed to you. So the state's been given authority to do a certain thing but it, it it can't don't 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 exact more don't go further than 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 what you've been given uh, you can't exceed that authority uh, exact no more than that which is appointed to you and the, the soldiers so here's military people that are coming up likewise and they're they're saying what shall we do you know here i was an unconverted soldier um, there were centurions that were converted right we see centurions in scripture that were converted um, you know, what shall I do, Lord? And so the Lord says, do violence to no man. And what kind of violence are we talking about? We're not talking about the sword that, that the government b- doesn't bear in vain. We're not talking about, you know, if there was execution that needed to happen, it's not, we're not talking about, you know, that that couldn't still take place because that's the very place the government's been given to occupy. But do violence to no man. What, well, you know, here's Rome and here's Israel and Israel's being occupied by Rome. Do you think there were ever any abuses by, you know, Roman soldiers unto Israel, uh, you know, Israelite citizens? Sure. Um, That's what we're talking about here. Do violence to no man, neither accuse any falsely. That would be violence, wouldn't it? That'd be doing violence to somebody if you accuse them falsely and they had to suffer consequences, you know, for that and they didn't even do it. Um, And he says, be content with your wages. I received a phone call one time from um, my boss's boss. And it was during a time that I was going to leave. I'd already informed him that I was leaving my employment there. Um, this is years and years ago. I actually went back to work for him at one point, uh, which is a good testimony to be able to go back to work for somebody that worked for before. Um, it didn't burn that bridge, in other words. But he asked me on the phone a question that you're going to chuckle whenever you hear my response but it's honest. Um, he says, Russell, what, and I'm thinking, why don't you know this? You're the one, you know, but he says, what do we pay you? And I said, I don't know. Um, I really didn't. I mean, I, I, I agreed to a salary when I went to work there, you know, and there had been, you know, raises here and there. Um, and Teresa knew more about that. She takes care of, you know, all the, the, the household expenses and that. I just, I go to work and the paycheck gets put in the, and he was like, you don't know how much you make? 
Well, you can see that's probably not going to work for you, but ask me to stay, right? If you increase the pay, if I don't know what I'm making, <laughs> you're not going to entice me that way, are you? you know? <laughs> um, and that was actually something they tried to do. They said, well, what will it take you know, for you to stay? Um, and they wanted to increase my salary. They, they, they even, uh, I don't remember this, but other people that worked there said it. Uh, so it must have you know, happened because they were you know, upset about it, I guess. But they were thinking, can we get you a company car? I'm like, I don't remember that, but they, that other people were telling me that. Um, but, you know, it was, it, for me, you know, I, I, had, I had sought the Lord, and I felt like the, 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 the direction the Lord was, was sending me was different, you know, from, from where I was. And so there wasn't going to be anything that they could have said. Okay, so if we take that and make application to the state, and the state says, you know, God says, you know, not to do this, and the state says you have to do that. We're at an impasse. You know, you're, they couldn't offer me something to make me stay uh, because I was, and, and, and as far as I was concerned, I was following the Lord and leading and leaving. In fact, I told them, I said, I'm actually taking a position somewhere else just so you don't misunderstand. I'm taking a position somewhere else making less. When we established what I was making, I'm making less than what I'll be making here. So it's not about the money. Uh, that's how the world thinks, right? Uh, that's the way, that's what motivates the world. And we, we've got to have money. Uh, money in and of itself is not evil. Uh, the love of it is. Uh, but here, he says, be content with your wages. Well, we're, no, we're, we're told to be content with everything, right? Be content with such things as you have. Um, what, what type, of, what type of, uh, of a mindset does it create you know, within us and the stress it creates in our lives not to be content? Um, that's not a good place to be, not to be content. Well, guess what? That meant Daniel had to be content being under the, the, the rule of Nebuchadnezzar. Uh, but he didn't have to be content with being told, you've got to bow down before this God. You know, when you hear all this music, you've got to bow down, you know, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Um, I can't do that. Uh, well, you know what? We're going to heat this furnace up hotter than it's ever been heated, and we're going to throw you in it. Yeah, well, I'm going to need grace for that, right, Cohen? Um, that, that's, that's a hard place to stand. Uh, but am I standing alone? You know, I, I think about Paul being on that, on that, on that ship, and, and they, were, they were in that storm, and they had thrown, they had jettisoned everything. They had thrown everything overboard, hoping to save their lives, and they were like, that's not even, that's not working. We're going to have to kill all the prisoners. And Paul assured them that no life would be lost. An angel of the Lord had stood beside him. So we are not alone. Um, the Lord is with us. And the Lord was with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. The Lord was with Daniel in the lion's den. Um, you know, so if we're thinking about resistance, and we're thinking about a right resistance, then we can, we can throw some of those circumstances out there. Uh, John the Baptist lost his head. I mean, Daniel was spared from the lion's. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were spared from the flame. I mean, when they came out of the flame, uh, yesterday I was, we, 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 we burned, you know, some stuff, and, and there's smoke, and it gets on you. It gets on your clothes, and you smell it. Well, they came out of the, they came out of the fiery furnace, and there wasn't even, you know, there, were, there was no singeing. You know, their hair wasn't singed. Their clothes weren't singed. Um, there was no smell of smoke, you know, upon them. Um, you know, but... But we can look at some of those circumstances and see where there was resistance. There was a standing for what was right. 
But they did not stand alone. And they did not do those things in their own strength. And the martyrs that went to the stake and that were burned at the stake and those that were crucified and those that are in prison today are not alone. Uh, God is with them. You know, God is, God, is, God is providing for them even in those instances. Whether that means a provision because there they are in prison and, they're, and they've got this really bad you know, environment and there's, you know, they're, 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 they don't have, they have a lack of a lot. And the Lord's, you know, can, he can still provide, you know, in those, or providing grace to be able to, to die, you know, for the cause of Christ. Um, you know, so, you know, we, we can think about, you know, that in, in, as far as, as uh, you know, resistance uh, goes. You know, so does the Christian have, the, have, have to submit to evil rulers or is civil disobedience, you know, ever uh, right? Um, well, we're told that, that rulers are given to us for our good, but, but sometimes the rulers aren't good. Sometimes the rulers usurp their authority uh, and they command things of us that, that they cannot, uh, we, we cannot, we can't comply, you know, with. Um, so submission to any authority is never absolute in that sense um, we submit subject ourselves you know in in the sense where it's not transgressing something that god's commanded but it's never absolute in the other sense in that they call us to do something that we are not to do um, and then you find daniel praying don't you here's a command that he not do that and yet and those men they had orchestrated the whole event hadn't they the whole affair they had orchestrated so daniel would be caught and Daniel is caught. Yeah, Daniel, did you do this? Yes, I did it. You know, why did you do that? Well, it's because, you know, this this is something I'm commanded to do, and not just commanded to do. It's something that you know I, I desire to do. Um, you know, there's there's a a burden and a yearning within my heart to do these things because they're right. Well, we're gonna have to throw you into the lion's den. Um, you know, then, well, you got to do whatever you got to do. I have to do what I've got to do. You got to do what you've got to do. Um, so we have examples, you know, in scripture. How about, how about the midwives, the Hebrew midwives, right? You know, we have them as an example too. Um, here Pharaoh says, you know, kill. They wouldn't, they wouldn't do it. Um, did, did God, did God make provision, you know, for them? Uh, he spared them, didn't he? You know, in that, um, God blessed them for it. Um, you know, Moses' parents, they weren't afraid of the king's edict. They weren't going to kill, you know, their son. And, and God, God kept them, um, you know, in it. Um, <laughs> consider that. I mean, here Moses is put into a basket, sent down the river. Um, you know, Miriam kind of, you know, tails along. And, and um, you know, Pharaoh's daughter pulls him out of the river and tells her to go find, you know, a nursemaid. And where does she go? home to mama (laughs) and so there she was you know a nurse unto her own son you know in pharaoh's house Uh, so you know god is able Uh, do we have to fear you know man no Uh, fear god Uh, reverence god Um, so you know daniel made up his mind that he would not defile himself with the king's choice food god honored that Um, you know so so we can see God honoring, God providing, um, you know, in those instances where we may find ourselves in a position where we must resist, where we must push back, where we must say no, 
that we cannot, you know, do those things. As we pray for them, as we proclaim the truth to them, um, as they see, you know, our good works, we let our light so shine before men that they may see our good works and glorify our Father, which is in uh, heaven. Uh, even, even our vote, you know, we have the opportunity here in this country to vote. Not every person, every place on the planet, you know, has that opportunity. But we do. But that in and of itself can be a witness. Why do you vote the way you do? Well, you remember back when Clinton was running for office, the, the slogan was what? Anybody remember? It's the economy, stupid. You know, that's, that's the reason why. Wasn't that right? Is that right, Steve? Yeah. Uh, they're staying there now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's come back. <laughs> yeah, it's made it. It's, it's being re- recycled. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, why, why do you vote the way you vote? What's the highest reason that we can give? You know, we're, we're to be ready to give an answer to every man that asks us of the reason of the hope that's within us, right? So, my vote. Why'd you vote that way? Well, God's given Romans 13. We're going to use that framework. God's given authority for there to be authority upon the earth. I'm going to vote for that best authority that my conscience can vote for along the lines that we're talking about here that we may, that we may have a government that would, that would, that would restrain evil and that would allow us to live, you know, peaceably. Why? Why do you want to live peaceably? Well, did, did, Paul, did Paul use his Roman citizenship? Can somebody give me an account of Paul using his Roman citizenship? What did that look like? What did he do? But, yeah, yeah, got it. You know, you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna shackle me? I'm a Roman citizen. And they were afraid. They were afraid they'd taken him into custody. So why, why would Paul assert that? Why would Paul? It was, for the, it was for the gospel's sake. That's what it was for. It wasn't for Paul's you know, own good pleasure. I mean, that, was, that may have been something that came along with it that he wasn't so restrained. You know, we, we know he was able to hire his own household you know, at one point, right? Um, when he was in, in prison, so to speak, under house arrest. Um, and people were able to come freely, and, and, and the gospel was... And think about those poor centurions that were chained to him, and they were, if they weren't, if they weren't uh, uh, believers, you know, they were hearing the gospel being preached, and, and there were letters that were being written, and there were people that were coming, and Paul was counseling, and the gospel was being proclaimed, and there they were. Some of them maybe even converted, you know, because of it. Uh, but it was because of the gospel um, that, that Paul asserted you know, that, that citizenship, that right that he had, you know, um, but even if they had not, if they had said, well, we don't believe you, that you, that you are a Roman citizen, you know, that you purchased, you know, this, that came to you at great cost is what Paul says. Uh, we're going to throw you in the deepest, darkest dungeon that we can find. Um, well, God's hand's not too short and his ear's not too dull there either, is it? Um, so, you know, Government's essential in, in one sense, um, in the sense in which we see it here and what, what's being presented to us. Um, in that government, we may be overshadowed by pagan authorities, by depraved legislatures, uh, legislators rather, that uh, desecrate and profane that which God has given to, to us for our good. Uh, but hasn't sinful man always done so? Um, 
you know, it became necessary, you know, in the early colonies, as far as they were concerned, they had, they had all these grievances. I forget how many there were. Do you remember how many there were, Steve, in, in, in the Declaration? It was like 27 or 29 grievances they had, you know, against King George. Um, but I was thinking about one of the statements there, um, you know, in that. There's, there's a lot there. We don't have time to read all of it. But, but um, listen to some, some of what is said here that whenever any form of government becomes destructive, it's become a tyrant, in other words, becomes destructive of these ends, it is the right of the people to alter, and we can vote, right? We can alter uh, or abolish uh, and institute new government, laying its foundations on such principles and organizing its powers in such form as to them shall seem most likely to affect their safety uh, and happiness. That's what the government's job is. The government's really... A servant. It's a minister here that we see in, in, in Romans 13. It's really there as a servant. It's there to serve the people. I have a pastor friend who retired from the Social Security Administration. And during his tenure there, there was a person who on the phone asked him this question. said, who do you work for? <laughs> and he said, I work for you. He gave a right response. He said, he said I work for you. You're the taxpayer. I work for you. Um, a civil servant, you know, is what he was. Um, but but the, uh, the, the, the part that I wanted to read, it, it says, Prudence indeed will dictate that governments long established should not be changed for light and transient causes. It's not for any reason. They had several grievances. Uh, that, but he says, and accordingly all... Experience hath shown that mankind are more disposed to suffer while evils are sufferable, right? So if there's not a government in place, more evils going to be suffered uh, without that, that government being there that God's established, uh, that God's ordained, than to right themselves by abolishing the forms to which they are accustomed. But here's the part, and this is what will be familiar to you. But when a long train of abuses... And usurpations, there's that word again that we've used already. They're, they're putting themselves in a place that they should not be. Pursuing invariably the same object, evinces a design to reduce them under absolute despotism. You know, there's tyrannical, in other words. It is their right, it is their duty to throw off such government and provide new guards for their future Security. So just some of the language in our own declaration, you know, that's there that kind of talks about some of the ideas that, that we've tried to present today. And it's, it's not for, you know, little things, little grievances, um, you know, that, that, we would, that we would refuse the right of the state. We refuse the right of the state when they transgress the law of God. You know, that's where we would refuse the right of the state. What does that look like? Um, you know, one... One friend of mine, um, this book that I brought here this morning, he, uh, he asked the question, should a Christian have a part in overthrowing a government? He says, I question it. He goes on to say, after all, this was written, talking about Romans, this was written under Nero's evil reign. And two, a government will eventually be overthrown by non-Christians. <laughs> it has happened, hasn't it? Um, about non-Christians themselves, Nero was overthrown by his own due to neglect of the army. Uh, God eventually, one way or another, steps in and drowns a Pharaoh. 
and puts a Nebuchadnezzar out to pasture. Well, it's funny the way he put that. Um, Sennacherib's own sons killed him. You know, so um, no government's perfect, right? No, no form of government. No government on the planet's perfect, uh, except for God's, of course. Um, it's just only in varying degrees does it fulfill its commission. But when it becomes cruel and demonic, you know, I've been thinking about this, looking at some of the things around us uh, that are going on. I mean, you think about this month. It's June, right? What was June mostly once known for? Weddings. It was a wedding month. I mean, a lot of people's anniversaries are in June. Um, I don't know why that is. I know in our case why it was because Teresa graduated in May and we were married in June. You know, so maybe that's the way it used to be. You know, it happened a lot that way. I don't know. Do you, you know something about that, Steve? Warm no. Weather. Warm weather. <laughs> you know, waiting for warm weather. Um, but now what is it? What has it become known for? Pride Month. Yeah. Uh, it's become known for that. Um, I mean, how does that, how does that happen? You know, is, is, is men just decided to do that? Or is there, is, is there not something demonic, you know, behind it? that would take, here's an institution God has made, and we're going to take and we're going to seek to ruin, you know, that if we can. Um, and it's not just there. There's, there's, there's lots of other places that we can, um, individuals that you see. Um, uh, there was a, a, a cake sort of, a, I don't know what you call that, uh, it's one of these shows where they're, they're, they're making all these cakes. <laughs> Aunt Nita likes to make cakes. Um, but, but there was a guy, and, I mean, he looked like an overgrown Oompa Loompa. I mean, he's a green hair, green you know, beard, or, or just, I mean, what? And, and there's, there's tattoos and earrings and things just going on all over the place. Um, and you know, what causes a person, you know, to, to do that to themselves? Um, you know, there's, there's some demonic influence uh, there. Uh, there's 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 some rebellion there's some you know resistance you know there and maybe it's not towards you know man's law but it is towards god's um so you know it's it's um this whole idea that we're talking about here about you know resisting the powers you know that be um and we're really kind of out of time. I've gone over longer than I normally do, and I haven't even got to everything that I wanted to uh, cover. But let me just go to the end. I was thinking about Isaiah forty-nine or 45, verse 9. Woe to the man that striveth with his maker. You know, here we have this state established by God. Woe to the man that striveth with his maker. What are the state that striveth with God and usurping, you know, authority not given, you know, unto them? Uh, God's given authority to the state to take the life of those who take the lives of others by murderous, you know, intent. Uh, but we're told here, don't fear man, fear God, who's able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Uh, you know, so back to one of my new favorite statements, right? Ready to go. Willing to stay. Are you ready to go? You know, every one of us needs to ask that question. You know, examine yourself. See whether you be in the faith. 
Are you ready to go? Are you willing to stay? You know, there's obedience there, isn't there, in, in the willing to stay part. But um, think about Daniel counseling Nebuchadnezzar, um, calling him to repentance of his sins. Um, you know, our counsel to men, all men, repent. Believe upon the Lord Jesus Christ that you might be saved. Because we know the terror of the Lord. They're not, they're not thinking about the terror of the Lord. They'll think about it on that day when they're crying for the rocks to fall upon them. To hide them from the face of the Lamb. Um, but knowing the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. Be reconciled to God. Repent. Turn. You know, that's what that word means. Turn. Turn away from your sin. Turn towards God. Uh, repent. And believe upon the Lord Jesus Christ that you might be saved. Be ready. Be ready. Ready to go. Willing to stay. Uh, makes me think of one of my other favorite statements. This one's from Pilgrim's Progress, which I, I was thinking about John Bunyan and all this because you remember why John Bunyan got thrown into Bedford Jail, if any of you know his history. Um, he was thrown in for not having a license to preach. The church decided you can't preach without a license. Well, God called him to preach. He was going to keep preaching without a license, and they threw him in jail. Well, they came out, you know, with Pilgrim's Progress. Um, I think by now you all know that's one of my favorite books, but, but in that book, you know, how long? How long? Hmm? Sooner than you think? You know, ready to go. How long will it be, Lord? How long till I might be able to go? I'm willing to stay, but how long? Hmm? How long? Sooner than you think, but longer than you wish. You know, another one of my favorite statements. Um, along with the ones in Scripture like you know, Job's response that we've already mentioned today. The Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Um, you know, those are good things to have. Um, you know, it's kind of like, I, I'm, I'm sure, you know, you've got ammo at the house if you have a gun. Uh, well, these things, you know, are, are like that, you know, for me when things happen. Um, you know, they're there. They're ready. Uh, they're, 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 they, 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 they apply to a situation. They'll feed. Uh, they'll be a help. They're a word fitly spoken. Um, you know, in a time of need. Uh, 